Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast for Book 8, Chapter 14. What do you make of Anatole's letter written by Dolokhov? How do you think this might have come about? And what do you think Natasha should do? Well, I think Natasha should uh, run as far as she can away from these two, Dolokhov and Anatole. Kara Kikar says, I'm guessing Dolokhov probably still has a chip on his shoulder about those Rostovs. Unless I'm mixing people up, he cheated Nikolai out of 40,000 rubles as revenge for not supporting the Sonia marriage. He's definitely the wrong guy to have ever crossed paths with. Poor Natasha doesn't have very many good role models. Her mother should have already warned her about men like this, especially as a daughter of wealth. She just doesn't seem to have any idea that someone might say something but not mean it. Run, girl, run. Yep. Run, girl, run is the right thing, I think. Jen0889 says, Oh, poor, poor, naive Natasha, who doesn't quite understand what love is, basing everything on flirtatious infatuation. You really can feel for her in this situation. A fiancé who leaves her for a year with hardly any word... It is easy to understand how the attention of someone else could excite her. She is too easily swayed as a character and is so stubborn when anyone challenges her opinions. Ugh, yeah. I think she's just... I mean, you got to remember, she's a teenager, I think, or near enough. I think she might be... Yeah, I think she's still a teenager at this point. If not, she's, you know, 20 or something like that. And... How strong were those feelings when you were that age? They were completely overwhelming. It's that whole Romeo and Juliet thing, isn't it? Those early loves feel like everything, you know? A quick one tonight. I'm going to read you chapter 15 now. Super fast episode. Chapter 15 goes like this. On returning late on the evening, Sonia went to Natasha's room. In the evening, sorry. Sonia went to Natasha's room and to her surprise found her still dressed and asleep on the sofa. Open on the table beside her lay Anatole's letter as Sonia picked it up and read it. As she read, she glanced at the sleeping Natasha trying to find in her face an explanation of what she was reading, but did not find it. Her face was calm, gentle and happy. Clutching her breast to keep herself from choking, Sonia pale and trembling and with fear and agitation sat down in an armchair and burst into tears. How was it I noticed nothing? How could it go so far? Can she have left off loving Prince Andre? And how could she let Karagin go to such lengths? He is a deceiver and a villain, that's plain. What will Nicholas, dear noble Nicholas, do when he hears of it? So this is the meaning of her excited, resolute, unnatural look the day before yesterday, yesterday and today, thought Sonia. But it can't be that she loves him. She probably opened the letter without knowing who it was from. Probably she is offended by it. She could not do such a thing. Sonia wiped away her tears and went up to Natasha, again scanning her face. Natasha, she said, just audibly. Natasha awoke and saw Sonia. Ah, you're back. And with the decision and tenderness that often come at the moment of awakening, she embraced her friend, but noticing Sonia's look of embarrassment, her own face expressed confusion and suspicion. Sonia, you've read the letter, she demanded. Yes, answered Sonia softly. Natasha smiled rapturously. No, Sonia, I can't any longer, she said. I can't hide it from you any longer. You know we love one another, Sonia, darling. He writes, Sonia, 
Sonia stared open-eyed at Natasha, unable to believe her ears. And Volkonsky, she asked. Ah, Sonia, if you only knew how happy I am, cried Natasha. You don't know what love is. But Natasha, can that be all over? Natasha looked at Sonia with wide open eyes as if she could not grasp the question. Well, then you... Are you refusing Prince Andre? said Sonia. Oh, you don't understand anything. Don't talk nonsense. Just listen, said Natasha, with momentary vexation. But I can't believe it, insisted Sonia. I don't understand. How is it you have loved a man for a whole year, and suddenly, why, you have only seen him three times? Natasha, I don't believe you. You're joking. In three days, to forget everything, and so... Three days, said Natasha. It seems to me I've loved him a hundred years. It seems to me that I have never loved anyone before. You can't understand it, Sonia. Wait a bit. Sit there here. And Natasha embraced and kissed her. I had heard that it happens like this, and you must have heard it too, but it's only now that I can feel such love. It's not the same as before. As soon as I saw him, I felt he was my master, and I his slave, and that I could not help loving him. Yes, his slave. Whatever he orders, I shall do. You don't understand that. What can I do? What can I do, Sonia? cried Natasha with a happy yet frightened expression. But think what you are doing, cried Sonia. I can't leave it like this, this secret correspondence. How could you let him go so far, she went on, with a horror and disgust she could hardly conceal. I told you that I have no will, Natasha replied. Why can't you understand? I love him. Then I won't let it come to that, I shall tell, cried Sonia, bursting into tears. What do you mean, for God's sake? If you tell, you are my enemy, declared Natasha. You want me to be miserable. You want us to be separate. When she saw Natasha's fright, Sonia shed tears of shame and pity for her friend. But what has happened between you, she asked. What has he said to you? Why doesn't he come to the house? Natasha did not answer her questions. For God's sake, Sonia, don't tell anyone. Don't torture me, Natasha entreated. Remember, no one ought to interfere in such matters. I have confided in you. But why this secrecy? Why doesn't he come to the house? asked Sonia. Why doesn't he openly ask for your hand? You know Prince Andre gave you complete freedom, if it's really so, but I don't believe it. Natasha, have you considered what these secret reasons can be? Natasha looked at Sonia with astonishment. Evidently this question presented itself to her mind for the first time, and she did not know how to answer it. I don't know what the reasons are, but there must be reasons. Sonia sighed and shook her head incredulously. If there were reasons, she began, but Natasha, guessing her doubts, interrupted her in alarm. Sonia, one can't doubt him. One can't. One can't. Do you understand? She cried. Does he love you? Does he love me? Natasha repeated with a smile of pity at her friend's lack of comprehension. Why, you have read his letter, and you have seen him. But if he is dishonourable? He? Dishonourable? If you only knew, exclaimed Natasha. If he is an honourable man, he should either declare his intentions or cease seeing you, and if you won't do this... I will. I will write to him and I will tell Papa, said Sonia resolutely. But I can't live without him, cried Natasha. Natasha, I don't understand you. And what are you saying? Think of your father and of Nicholas. I don't want anyone. I don't love anyone but him. How dare you say he is dishonourable? Don't you know? I love him, screamed Natasha. Go away, Sonia. I don't want to quarrel with you, but go. For God's sake, go. You see how I am suffering, cried Natasha angrily. In a voice of despair and repressed irritation, Sonia burst into sobs and ran from the room. Natasha went to the table and, without a moment's reflection, wrote that answer to Princess Mary, 
which she had been unable to write all the morning. In this letter, she said briefly that all the misunderstandings were at an end, that availing herself of the magnanimity magnanimity of Prince Andre, who, when he went abroad, had given her her freedom, she begged Princess Mary to forget everything and forgive her if she had been to blame toward her, but that she could not be his wife. At that moment, this all seemed quite easy, simple, and clear to Natasha. On Friday, the Rostovs were to return to the country, but on Wednesday, the Count went with the prospective purchase of his, to his estate near Moscow. On the day the Count left, Sonia and Natasha were invited to a big dinner party at the Karagans, and Maya Dmitrievna took them there. At the party, Natasha again met Anatoly, and Sonia noticed that she spoke to him, trying not to be overheard, and that all through dinner, she was more agitated than ever. When they got home, Natasha was the first to begin the explanation Sonia expected, there, Sonia, you were talking all sorts of nonsense about him, Natasha began in a mild voice, such as children use when they wish to be praised. We have had an explanation today. Well, what happened? What did he say? Natasha, how glad I am you are not angry with me. Tell me everything, the whole truth. What did he say? Natasha became thoughtful. Oh, Sonia, if you knew him as I do, he said, he asked me what I had promised Bolkonsky, how he was glad I was free to refuse him. Sonia sighed sorrowfully. But you haven't refused Bolkonsky, she said. Perhaps I have. Perhaps all is over between me and Bolkonsky. Why do you think so badly of me? I don't think anything, only I don't understand this. Wait a bit, Sonia, you'll understand everything. You'll see what a man he is. Now, don't think badly of me, or of him. I don't think badly of anyone. I love and pity everybody. But what am I to do? Sonia did not succumb to the tender tone Natasha used towards her, the more emotional and ingratiating the expression of Natasha's face became, the more serious and stern grew Sonia's. Natasha, said she, you asked me not to speak to you, and I haven't spoken, but now you yourself have begun. I don't trust him, Natasha. Why this secrecy? Again, again, interrupted Natasha. Natasha, I am afraid for you. Afraid of what? I am afraid you're going to your ruin, said Sonia resolutely, and was herself horrified at what she had said. Anger again showed in Natasha's face. And I'll go to my ruin. I will, as soon as possible. It's not your business. I won't. It won't be you, but I who will suffer. Leave me alone, leave me alone. I hate you. Natasha moaned Sonia, aghast. I hate you, I hate you. You are my enemy forever. And Natasha ran out of the room. Natasha did not speak to Sonia again and avoided her with the same expression of agitated surprise and guilt. She went about the house, trying up, sorry, taking up now one occupation, now another, and at once abandoning them. Hard as it was for Sonia, as she watched her friend, it did not let her out of her sight. The day before the Count was to return, Sonia noticed that, sat, that Natasha sat by the drawing room window all the morning as if expecting something, and that she made a sign to an officer who drove past, whom Sonia took to be Anatole. Sonia began watching her friend still more attentively and noticed that at dinner and all that evening Natasha was in a strange and unnatural state. She answered questions at random, began sentences she did not finish and laughed at everything. After tea, Sonia noticed a housemaid at Natasha's door timidly waiting to let her pass. She let the girl go in and then, listening at the door, learned that another letter had been delivered. Then suddenly it became clear to Sonia that Natasha had some dreadful plan for that evening. Sonia knocked at her door, and Natasha did not let her in. She will run away with him, thought Sonia. She's capable of anything. 
There was something particularly pathetic and resolute in her resolute in her face today. She cried as she said goodbye to Uncle. Sonia remembered. Yes, that's it. She means to elope with him. But what am I to do? Thought she, recalling all the signs that clearly indicated that Natasha had some terrible intention. The count is away. What am I to do? Write to Kuragin demanding an explanation? But what is there to oblige him to reply? Write to Pierre, as Prince André asked me to in case of some misfortune, but... Perhaps she really has already refused Bolkonsky. She sent a letter to Princess Mary yesterday, and Uncle is away. To tell Maya Dmitrievna who had such faith in Natasha seemed to Sonia terrible. Well, anyway, thought Sonia, as she stood in the dark passage, now or never I must prove that I remember the family's goodness to me and that I love Nicholas. Yes, if I don't sleep for three nights, I'll not leave this passage and will hold her back by force. And I'll not let the family be disgraced, thought she. Alright, there we go, another chapter down. Natasha looking like she's gonna maybe do something stupid. And Sonia, the ever-valuable Sonia, um, is um, onto it, you know. She's keeping a close eye. And I think Natasha's lucky to have someone like Sonia to watch over her at the moment. Alright, have your say on the subreddit. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you tomorrow.